0: Jesus' name, we um, you have your Bibles. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. Um, announcements coming up. We have our business meeting on the 17th. It's a Wednesday, every good Friday. Fellowship on the 19th. Um, don't forget that. Tonight, as a pastor, I know that every message should be like that, but some of them are a little uh, heavier. So, uh, just pray, pray for me that God will help me speak this the way He wants it to be spoken. Uh, amen. First Samuel chapter 15, verse one to three it says, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over His people. Over Israel, now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Amen. And let's pray one more time together. Jesus, God, I thank you for your, your presence, God, your anointing that just stepped into this room. I pray in your name, Jesus, God, you would speak to us tonight, God. I pray that a spirit, hallelujah, of repentance. God, we get a hold of us. I pray, God, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, God, speak. God, let your word go forth, God, ring to the heart, I pray. In Jesus' name, let your will be done. God, I turn everything over to you. God, move, I pray. Speak to us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated, but stay in this uh, atmosphere of prayer. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. My title tonight... It's killed them all. Killed them all. Amalek in Exodus chapter 17. They went to war against Israel. They attacked them in the wilderness. Moses was, you know, you might remember the story. Moses had his hands in the air. And when he had them up, Israel was winning the battle. When he put them down, they they started to lose. But two men came and they held up Moses' hands in the air. And they got the victory. But that's where Amalek Comes from, and God remembered what Amalek did. He remembered how they ambushed Israel and they attacked them at the middle of nowhere. And He always remembers things. We might sometimes think that He forgot, but He doesn't forget. He remembered what happened, and now He decides that it's time to repay Amalek for what they did. Now He decides it's time to restore this. This. This right this wrong that's happened. And he gives a command to Saul through the prophet Samuel. He says, I remember what Amalek did. And it's time to pay them back. I want you to destroy them. I want you to kill them all. I want you to just wipe them out, the whole nation. All of the Amalekites, I want you to just take them all out. And he gave a command to Saul. And it was pretty straightforward. God is pretty straightforward. Most of the time. Amen. You know, sometimes prophecies, we don't quite understand it. But generally, as a rule, when he tells us to do something, that's what he wants us Amen. to do. He told Adam and Eve, don't eat from the tree. It's pretty straightforward. He told us how to be saved in Acts 2.38. It's pretty straightforward. He told Saul, kill them all. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. He's pretty straight. God is. Amen. It's not as complicated as we think sometimes. Sometimes you make it too hard. We make it confusing. We say, well, maybe he meant this. You know, maybe maybe that's not exactly what he meant. Maybe, I mean, if you look in the Greek, this word means this, so it has several meanings. And maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he didn't mean kill them all. Maybe he meant kill some of them. You know, surely he wouldn't want us to do all of that. Surely he wouldn't want us to do that. We, think, we make it confusing. We think maybe he meant this or, you know, only, only that or maybe he meant only do this sometimes but he says to kill them all he says to totally wipe them out in verse 7 and 9 7 and 9 says Saul smote the amalekites from Havalah unto Thou comest to Shur, that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag the king of the Malachites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, they destroyed utterly. So, does it sound like he listened? No. Kill them all. Okay, maybe I will do some of that. Take everything. Kill everything. Okay. I think I'll keep the king. I think I'll keep some of this good stuff. I think I'll just do this. It'll be fine. You no, know, God said, to do this. But you know what? I, I know better. He didn't really mean that. I'm just going to do part of it. Surely God didn't mean all of it. You know. Surely he wouldn't want me to do all of that. I'll just keep some of it. And just like Satan in the Garden of Eden twisted the words of God to... To Adam and Eve, he twisted the words of God himself. And he said, maybe God didn't mean to do that. I'll just keep this little bit. I'll just keep this. And sometimes we do the same thing. Jesus calls us out. Jesus has saved us. He speaks to us. He moves in our lives. And he calls us to a life living for him. A life serving him. A life worshiping him. And him alone. He calls us to a life dedicated to Him, a life separated unto Him, a life consecrated unto Him alone. And sometimes we think, I'm just going to keep this little thing. It's not a big deal. Surely He doesn't want me to give everything up to follow Him. I'm just going to keep this little thing here that I like and it feels good. I'm going to keep this little thing. It's not a big deal. It's going to be okay. And sometimes we think like that. I know He called me out of sin but I like this thing too much it won't matter if I keep doing this this is what I like no one will know if I keep doing this holiness won't matter I like to do what I I want I like to wear what I want I like to talk how I want I like to look how I want holiness doesn't really matter I can do what I want nobody's gonna notice church Attendance won't matter. I'll go sometimes when it feels good, when things are going good in my life. I'll go. Maybe I'll gossip a little. Maybe I'll cheat a little. Maybe I'll lie a little bit. Maybe I'll deceive some people. Maybe I'll just do some of these things. I'll just do a little of it. I know that it's wrong, but it won't matter. I know that God doesn't want me to do it, but I'm going to do it because it's not going to matter. It's just a little thing. And I'll pretend that I have it all together, I'll clap real loud in church, I'll worship real loud, and no one will really know it'll be fine. Honestly, it won't make a difference if I just do this one little thing. Honestly, I can just continue to live my life the way I want. I can come to church and I can pretend that I have it all together, because nobody else is going to know. Nobody else knew what Saul had done. But he what God knew. Maybe I'll just do this. Honestly, I don't think it'll make a difference. I don't really need the Holy Ghost. I don't really need baptism. I don't really need to be submitted. I don't really need to repent. I'll just do what I want. Surely God didn't mean for me to do all of that. Surely God didn't mean for me to actually bear my brother's burdens. Surely God didn't mean for me to actually pray for my brother or to live for him completely, to pray, to study, to follow him, to listen to his voice, to remove things from my life, to disown sin and live separated unto him. Surely he didn't really mean that. And we talk like this, maybe not out loud, but we think it in our heads. I mostly obeyed him. That's pretty good. I did a lot of what he asked. I did most of it. That should be good enough. And besides, Paul said, I took this stuff because I'm going to sacrifice it. I'm going to give it to God. I have good intentions. I'm going to give this to him. Doesn't that mean something? I'm going to give it to him. I might not be doing it right, right now, but someday I will. I plan on giving this stuff up, someday, someday I'm going to give this over to God, someday I plan and I promise, isn't that good enough, I mostly obey, no, it's not, you can't obey God just a little bit, you can't half obey, you either obey or you don't, there's no half ways here, if it's not complete obedience it's disobedience you can't half obey the plan of salvation you can't half live for God either you do or you don't either you're saved or you're not there's no in between there's no fence that you can ride to heaven on you have to make up your mind are you in or are you out you can't pretend if you're pretending you're not fully in and if you're not fully in then you're not in But Noah and his ark, once the door was closed, nobody else could get in. There was nobody hanging on the side of the boat. There was no ropes that people were pulling on to, to try to stay afloat. When God closed the door, whoever was in was in. Whoever was out was out. There was no in between. Amen. Matthew 6:24 says no man can serve two masters either. He will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's one or the other. So which one will it be? There's no double agents in the church. You're either living for God or you're not. You're not serving both. You can't do it. Either you're obeying or you're disobeying. You can't go halfway. There's a story of soldiers who were afraid to go into battle. They were scared. So they decided that they were going to paint the color of their armies on the back. And they were going to paint the colors of the other army on the front. And they thought, ha ha. Now I'm safe. We is smart. We're going to go into battle and the people looking at us, go, oh, they're with us. And the people behind us are going to say, oh, they're with us and we'll be fine. But once the battle got too hot, it got a little intense and their true colors came out and they turned and they ran. And now all of a sudden both sides are against them. And they lost their lives. They ended up being attacked from both sides. You can't live In the middle, you have to choose who you will serve, one or the other. Either we obey God or we disobey God. We need to make up our mind. We have to be all in. And sometimes we think, because God is using us, that we are okay. Sometimes we take that as a sign that we are fine, and that's not always the case. God will use us for a season. He will use us for a time while we're on the fence. But eventually we need to make up our mind. Saul was used by God. He was chosen to be king. He was used to lead armies into victory. God spoke to him. God used him. He did great things things through him, but eventually he lost out because he couldn't decide what side he wanted to be on. And you may think that we're safe now, but if you're on the fence, it's not going to last long. That's why you can see people in ministry all of a sudden just fall apart. You can see pastors... Fall into sin, you can see leaders, people we look up to fall into sin and fall away, people we look up to and respect and admire, because they couldn't make up their mind what side they were on. may we see them fall away because they were not all in. and Saul was somebody that people looked up to. Saul was somebody that people admired and people respected, but it didn't matter because he wasn't all in. God told Saul, "Kill them all, but he didn't. He only partially obeyed, and he lost out with God. And Jesus is calling us. Like we talked about this morning, he's calling us. He's calling us to live a life for him. We can't allow things to creep into our life that God has told us to get rid of. Galatians 5 and 9 says, A little leaven Leaveneth the whole lump. It's a metaphor for sin. I don't know if you've ever made bread. I know some of you have. But when you put the yeast in the bread, it affects all of it. You can't separate. You can't, I only want this half of the loaf to rise. If it does, you did it wrong. You no know, yeast is supposed, or leaven is supposed to go through the whole thing. You can't just have a little bit in it. It's going to affect all of it. You can't just allow a little bit of sin in our life. Amen. This is going to take over all of it. Yes. In Galatians five nineteen to 21 Paul gives us a list of things that we should stay away from. There's a lot of other things we should stay away from, but this, you know, we're just going to keep it at this tonight. Keep it simple. We don't have all night to go through everything. He says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery. Don't be cheating. Stay faithful to your husband. Stay faithful to your wives and thoughts and emotions and actions. Don't get in a position where you can fall into that sin. God-ordained marriage. Keep it holy. Yeah. Fornication. That's sexual sin. Everything else, that's not adultery. Uncleanness. Impurity. Thoughts that we think, actions, things that we do, things that we we say, lasciviousness, which is just lustfulness, lewd thoughts or acts, chasing after whatever, idolatry, worshipping anything other than God, money, jobs, fame, attention, anything that's not God. Witchcraft, we know that. Don't even entertain it. Don't watch shows with it. Don't read books about it. Stay away from it. Yeah. Hatred. The Bible says we need to love one another, not hate. Yes. Variance, which just means being that person that just likes to argue with people. Just always contrary to what everybody else is saying. Arguing just to argue. Fighting just to fight. Just to make people mad. Don't be like that. Emulations, which mean, just means trying to make other people jealous. Trying to provoke other people. Look what I have. This is good. I bet mean, you wish you had some of this. Just trying to make other people jealous. Wrath. We I mean, know wrath, anger, so much that it scares, it scares people. Strife, being angry, being bitter, having bitter disagreements. The Bible tells us we need to live in peace with one another. Seditions, which means rebellion or causing a division, trying to split. The church are trying to split, you know, families or people, trying to put a wedge where God has bound things together. Trying to be rebellious. Heresies, false doctrines, envying, being jealous. Murderers, we know. Drunkenness, we know. Revelings just means partying, disturbing the peace, getting everybody all fired up, worried. Whatever. This is a list of things that Paul says we need to stay away from. It says, in such like... Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It is, these are just some of the things that God doesn't want us to do. Just some sins the Bible calls them works of the flesh. If we want to live for God, we need to get rid of these things in our life. We need to kill these things in our life. And God calls us. To be holy. God calls us to be set apart. First Peter 1, 15 to 16 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. God wants us to be holy. He wants us to be set apart for him. So we need to get rid of these things. So I'll try to do both. He tried to do what he wanted, and he tried to do what God wanted. But you can't either obey or you disobey. And he thought, it'll be okay. I'll just let this thing go. I'll just let this thing be here. I'll just just ignore that part of what God said. I'll let these little things go. And finally... God had enough. And he says through Samuel, he says, Because you rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Can you imagine the shock that hit Saul? And it's still the same. If we don't completely obey, we will lose out. Saul was rejected from being king. The same can happen to us, If we don't obey completely, if we don't kill them all, if we don't kill all of these things in our lives, all of these sins that we think we can just hide and we think we can just keep them, if we don't get rid of those things, it can happen to us too. First Chronicles 10 and 13 says, So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not. Because he didn't listen. And it can happen to us too. It may seem like it's okay. It may seem like God's fine with it because he's still using you and he's still moving in your life. It may seem like it's okay and it's maybe he missed it when he was looking. Maybe it slipped by him. Maybe I tricked God. Matthew seven twenty one 21-23 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That's who is going to make it. Yes. The people who do the will of my Father. The people that listen. The people that obey. And those are the ones that will make it. Then the next verse says, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have not cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Haven't we done these things in your name? Haven't you used us to cast out devils? Haven't you used us to see miracles? Haven't you used us to see these things happen? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. There's going to be people not living completely right. There's people that are living on the fence, half and half. People that are being used by God, people are being blessed by God, people that are prophesying and calling and casting out devils and doing works for the Lord, but they're still going to miss out because they're not obeying completely. They're not doing His will completely. Saul was told to kill them all, and we need to remove from our life these sins that we think God doesn't care about, and we think God doesn't see, and we think that nobody else knows. Maybe they don't, but it doesn't matter. We need to be completely surrendered to Him. Because Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for a church. He's coming back for a holy church. A church that is separated to Him. Ephesians 5 and 27 says that He may present it to Himself. A glorious church, not having spot, Or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, without spot, without a wrinkle, washed in His blood, saved. A holy church, not one who's trying to live for both, not one who's living on the fence, getting stained by the world, but also pretending to live for God. It's a holy church, one that has no spots, one that has no wrinkles, a holy church. Not one who's trying to live for God and the world. One that does what God wants, not what feels good. If we want to make it, we need to be right with God. There's still time. We can have my wife come back, please. Saul lost out because he tried to straddle the fence too long. And God wants more from us. We can't let things creep to our lives. He told us to remove things. He told us to remove sins and habits. And Saul didn't completely listen. 1 Samuel 31, 4-5 says, Then said Saul to his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, Let, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. And therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon him. When his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. At the end of his life, Saul was in a battle. and He was wounded and he was dying. And he realized it was over and he killed himself so that the enemy couldn't. And later, David was out in a different battle against the Amalekites again. Because they weren't destroyed. They were affecting others now. They had attacked Ziklag. And David was at this battle. And they would just come off the field. And a guy comes up to David. And he tells David that Saul was dead. And he made up a story about how he killed him. Because he wanted you know, to get brownie points with David or something. He wanted to look like a hero. And 2 Samuel 1, to 8-10 says, And he said unto me, this is the man talking, Who art thou? And the man answered, and he said, I am an Amalekite. And he said unto me again, this is Saul talking, Stand, I pray thee, upon me, and slay me, for anguish has come upon me, because my life is yet whole in me. And the Amalekite said, So I stood upon him and slew him, because I was sure that he could not live, after that he was fallen. And I took the crown that was upon his head and the bracelet that was on his arm and I brought it then hither unto my Lord. He lied about some of this stuff. But did you get that? Saul disobeyed. He didn't kill them all. He didn't listen. He did, didn't do what God asked him to do. He did what he thought was best and he ended up dying in the battlefield. And who showed up? And Amalekite the same people he was told to destroy. And he comes and he takes Saul's crown. He comes and he takes the symbol of Saul's kingship, the symbol of his calling of God, the symbol of what God had given him. And Amalekite comes and he takes that. He ends up stealing Saul's crown. And even the little sin in our life, the little thing that we think won't Make a difference. That little thing that I can still live for God and do this. I'm okay. It doesn't matter. Surely God doesn't expect me to do that. That little thing, that pride, that rebellion, that secret sin, that attitude, that grudge that you're holding, that disobedience. If you don't kill it now, if you don't get rid of it now, it's going to take over. It's going to take everything that God has given you. Everything he has done through you will be undone if you don't remove it. It may seem small, but it can ruin everything. Hear me tonight, please. If you don't get rid of this, if you don't kill this thing in your life, it will come back and it will rob you and it will take everything that God's done in your life. If you don't kill it tonight, if you don't get rid of it tonight, it's going to come back. Everything was put in the Bible for a reason. He gave us his word for a reason to obey it. And if you think that he doesn't see, if you think that it's okay. If you think you can continue to live for God and do these other things and take part of these other things and continue to be saved, you're mistaken. You cannot live on the fence. We have to make up our mind. Are we in or are we out? Are we going to obey or disobey? You cannot do both. If you don't get rid of it, it will come back and it will destroy you. It will take everything. It will rob you. That pride, that rebellion, that secret sin, that attitude, that grudge that you're holding on to. You need to let it go tonight. You need to kill it tonight. Let God move in your life. How do we kill it? Through repentance. How do we kill it? Through prayer, through consecration, through obedience to the blood of Jesus. We need to remove these things. And some of us have had these things, part of us, for so long, we don't even know if we can live without it. We've lived with anger so long, we don't even know if we can let it go. We live with pride for so long, we don't even know if I can function without it. We've held that grudge for so long, I don't even know what to do without it. I've held on to this hurt and this pain for so long, I don't even know how I can live without it. We need to let it go, or it's going We need to obey the voice of God and kill that thing tonight through repentance. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'm done. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Let's find a place pray. There's some things that we've been holding on to. There's some things that we've been Trying to hide things that we've been letting go and letting slide and thinking that we're okay and thinking that we've, you know, tricked God and tricked everyone else. But if we don't get rid of them, we're not going to make it. If we don't get off the fence, we're not going to make it. If we don't let go of that sin, if we don't repent, if we don't turn it over to God, we're not going to make it. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, let's pray. When I come to the altar, when I pray to see, just find a place and pray. God, forgive me. God, forgive me for this thing I've been holding on to. I want to be holy. I want to live for you. I want to obey In Jesus. name. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.